Week five, yeah, week five in the books. Um, a few good games, a really good upset by Georgia Tech, um, a couple nail biters, one that probably shouldn't have been a nail biter, but was. And then the South Carolina game, uh, 50 to 10 against SC State, which is kind of what everyone thought it would be. Um, but again, it was another game that didn't really pass the eye test for me. I mean, they played, I thought they played fine. I thought, Offensively, um, Spencer Rattler had a had a nice game. He had, he has those two picks. So if, I mean, if you didn't watch the game, you're just looking at the box score. You probably think that's a bad game, but both those picks were not his fault. Um, both of them bounced off the receiver um, and went into the defense's hands. So you know, 21 for 27, which is I, don't, I can't do the math right now. So I'm just gonna pull out my phone and do it. It's like 77 percent. Yeah, 70, 77.7%, probably left two completions out there and another 60 yards. Um, so I think he had a fine game. Marshawn Lloyd had another good game to build on his, his game against Charlotte. Um, but, again, you can't really learn much about the offense unless they just play like absolute crap against teams like this. Um, the defense is concerning. They're taking a lot of bad angles. I just finished my rewatch a little bit ago, and – just really disappointed to see how bad the defense really played. I mean, they only scored 10 points, but, um, again, the eye test matters. Um, they got a couple turnovers, which is, which is fine. You expect that, but just missed tackles and taking bad angles and getting, you know, tooled up by these SC State kids is, um, is not good, and it's not going to work for SEC play. I will say their receiver number one, uh, Shaq Davis for SC State. He's a good player. Tall dude. Yeah. Uh, but he's, that's, he's for real. Uh, yeah, but that's 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 honestly about it for their team. We were making their quarterback look like a little Johnny Manziel out there a couple times, um, just missing tackles and and getting getting their ankles broken and stuff like that. So um, you got to see that get cleaned up before we get into this gauntlet of SEC play. Um, you know, we're straight conference play until we play Clemson at the end of the year. So uh, these last two warm-up games against Charlotte and SC State were, were good, I guess, to tune things up. But I don't know how much you really got tuned up. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, you know, I mean, can't be too upset about a win. I mean, a win's a win, but um, you'd, like to, you'd like for it to look a little bit more clean. That's fair, though. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's kind of all I got. Whoever wants to break it down next. Vinny, you want to go or do you want me to just roll into this? Go for it, bro. All right. Um, so obviously there is a there was a somewhat big game played in Clemson Saturday. Um game day was there. Obviously the final score ended up being 30 to 20. 
Um, I mean, it was just – it was a good game. Honestly, it was probably the, the craziest environment I've been in in Clemson quite a while. There just hasn't been games where for 60 minutes it's competitive. Um, but this one was. And I thought the defense played the best game they have all year. Um, like I talked about last week, I don't think NC State is really set up scheme-wise or personnel-wise to do what Wake did in the sense that they're going to get a lot of one-on-one looks and take shots. Um, but I felt like our defensive line played a lot better. Um, it wasn't like there was a ton of sacks and a ton of tackles for loss, but there was constant disruption, especially K.J. Henry and Miles Murphy, uh, the defensive end spots. Yeah, I thought um, K.J. Henry had a really nice game. I mean, he's – Ever, dude, ever since ever since and, I, his and girlfriend Shotty broke up, he's yeah. been on go mode. Crazy. He's been on go mode. Um, but yeah, man, I th- th- this game was honestly it could have been one of KJ's best games ever, and it wasn't even like he filled up the stat sheet again. Just constant disruption, moving Leary off pocket. It kept him from getting in a whole lot of a rhythm. Um, but I thought Devin Leary arguably played his best game of the year. Um, he can he can spin it. He's a good player. Obviously, they they don't have a ton of weapons outside. Um, their offensive line is is okay, um, but obviously against our defensive line, they finished with 34 yards rushing. Um, really made them one dimensional, which in the second half kind of became more of a glaring issue, especially as we kept scoring and sustaining drives offensively. But I think the biggest thing is when your defensive line starts to play better. You can cover up the corners. And, again, like I said, scheme-wise, they're not going to be really equipped to take a bunch of shots. Um, there's only a two or three that I can really even think of. Uh, a couple of overthrows uh, in the third quarter, one in the fourth, um, both going to Devin Carter. But, um, I mean, again, I think offensively for us, we continue to play well. Um, we would have loved to have scored touchdowns when we got in the red zone. We ended up attempting four field goals, um, made three of them. So, again, you'd, you'd like to get six on some more of those, but it is what it is. When you're getting points, you're getting points. Um, but the biggest thing has been that we're, we, we've we talked about the tight ends being a weapon for the last two seasons, and they're finally starting to be a featured part of the offense. We're running it. I mean, this, this past game was the most 12 personnel we've run in a game since last year. So I think that's, that's part of it. Um, but the other thing is that they're being targeted. We're trying to get these guys the ball, and we're being very deliberate about how we're doing it. Um, yeah, DJ just start... th- throwing up rebounds now. The big yeah, boys dude, are when we get, up when we get, get near the end zone, we're just we're just letting somebody get dunked on, and they're going up and making plays. So yeah, we're going to keep doing it. Yep. Um, and that's the thing. I mean, Jake Bernie still ended up being our leading receiver uh, this week. Um, in turn, I think he was tied with Antonio Williams for the most catches, had the most yards. Um, he and Davis Allen combined for eight catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown. Um, and they had – I mean, they were probably targeted, I think. Davis Allen had at least two more. Um, one was a pass interference. So I don't know if that will show up in the stat sheet. But I think that's really the biggest thing because both of those guys are athletic. Like, they're versatile enough where we can scheme up a lot of different things. We had Davis Allen split out wide multiple times. Um, and they're just a problem. It's like you said, especially when you get in the red zone, uh, they they can really – create a lot of matchup issues uh, and I think we'll see more of that going forward but again I just I just felt like NC State uh, while I don't think they're maybe not as good as they were last year I still feel like they're a very complete team defensively they have a good defensive line uh, their linebackers are extremely good uh, Peyton Wilson Drake Thomas Isaiah Moore all really really good players um, but I feel like it was probably the most complete game we played we didn't really stall out 
for a long period of time offensively. Defensively, we didn't we didn't give up long drives. I mean, their first drive and their last drive, they scored they scored points on longer drives. But other than that, we really controlled the game, especially in the second half. I mean, at one point in the second half, we had like 21 total yards. Uh, couldn't get anything going. Uh, and obviously, you know, if you saw the game, it was a big deal on Twitter. So obviously got a little bit of home cooking there at the end of the first half with a little wheel route down the sideline to Shipley. Looks like the ball is coming loose right before his knee hits. Should have been a touchback. Yeah, um, let's not downplay it. I, I mean, I'm that, not trying to. That I mean, potentially I'm acknowledging it because I mean, I change, think it is an, an change the entire play landscape of the, game. of the game. And I'm not saying NC State wins if they call that, but it changes them from being down what? Yeah, we would have been down 10 6 at halftime. Should have been down yeah. 10 6 at halftime. Change, changes really, I mean, changes the game. Um, at least from the eyes of both teams. Would Clemson still win? I think they're the better team. Um, so I, I don't know if it would have really played into the win or loss, but you know, it's it's a tough, it's a tough thing to miss. Especially after they reviewed it. Like, I don't know how you miss that. How do you not see, okay, well, this he's down right here in the balls. That motherfucker's out. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you miss that. Um I think that says more about the ACC refs than anything. But obviously, Twitter's going crazy because they're saying that, you know, the ACC needs to have Clemson in the playoffs. So they're just going to do everything they can to keep us from losing games, which that's, yeah, I'm fine with. I, I don't know. what you got to do. But I don't know. If, I, don't, I think it was just a missed call. I don't think it's like any hidden agenda. I think they just. I agree. I don't think it's that sinister. They were, they were looking at the knee and just didn't didn't see the complete play, which is that happens in football, you know. That's yeah. just Twitter coming up with crazy but what the sad thing is is i mean everything before that everything before the fumble touchback what should have been it, it was a great play i mean dj scans the field twice he comes back throws a dot but shibley makes everything look so much harder than it has to be like he's just constantly falling and stumbling forward <laughs> like he's running so hard that he just can't stand up straight and it's it's frustrating when you have stuff like that happen but Obviously, got lucky there, capped off a heck of a drive. Um, and, I mean, in the end, that's what we talk about all the time, winning the middle eight, you know, right before halftime or right after, especially when you get the ball to start. You got to take advantage of it because you can double up on teams in terms of possessions. Um, but I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about DJ because he continues to look phenomenal. Finished 21 of 30 for just over 200 yards, had a touchdown throwing. Um, as you all know, when the games matter, Clemson is going to run their quarterback with reckless abandon, and we did. I mean, DJ and Will Shipley both ended up with with 14 carries a pop, uh, but DJ ended up having 73 yards and a pair of touchdowns to lead the team on the ground. Uh, Will Shipley had 14 for 60, I believe, first time in seven or eight games that Shipley didn't get in the end zone. Um, but through five games, DJ's completing 65%. He's got 1,242 yards, 11 touchdowns, one pick, that I really don't even put on him. Um, he's got 242 yards rushing and three touchdowns, and most of the yards have come the last two weeks. He had 73 this week and 62 last week, I believe. Um, so really, when the games matter, obviously we're we're running the quarterback, and he's been more than effective. Um, obviously, we still have guys out. Kubo ended up playing corner until he got tossed for targeting at the end of the second half or the end of the second quarter. Um, you know, no Brian Bercy, no Sheridan Jones, uh, no Malcolm Green. So we're still down defensively, but I felt like 
felt like we played really, really solid. Um, and again, do I think NC State is a top 10 team? No. Do I think they're a top 20-ish type team? Absolutely. Um, and when you can be those kind of home and that kind of environment, it matters, especially when you have the amount of recruits we had on hand. Um, so, again, a win's a win. They scored in garbage time. Uh, 30 to 13 would have looked a whole lot cooler, but I think ultimately the objective is, is to win, leave no doubt. The game was over, I mean, really with seven or eight minutes left once we started that final drive. Um, and the biggest thing is offensively, obviously DJ is playing better, but I feel like schematically everything that we're doing just to move the ball and keep keep the chains moving is, you know, we, there was so much talk last year about how awful our scheme was and how awful our play calling was and all this and all that. But I feel like obviously when your quarterback plays better, you can alleviate a lot of those things. But I feel like we're we're doing a lot more. Um, I guess I guess you'd call it modern offense. I feel like we're playing more on a level playing field schematically with everybody else. Um, and the play calling to this point, I mean, obviously there's going to be times in the game where you're like, what the hell was that? Yeah. You know, and that happens. Sometimes plays just don't work like you you draw up. Um, but I feel like the play calling has been really, really good. And I think Brandon deserves a lot of credit because I talked about in the spring how I felt like him being the offensive coordinator and the quarterback's coach, obviously he knows what DJ's comfortable with. He knows what he's good at and what he's not good at. And I feel like we've really played into DJ's strengths. Um, yeah. And I said last week, if DJ plays well against NC State, because I feel like them and Notre Dame are certainly two of the best defenses we play. Syracuse is a good team. I think Florida State has some pieces for sure. But those are the two most complete defenses, them and, the, yeah. and Notre Dame. So the fact that he's played well through this point and through that game, I mean, I feel like all reservations are off. Uh, I think it's – I'm not saying we anoint him as like a Heisman candidate at this point, but I think it's time where we start like – Kind of expecting him to play well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what that's what I was gonna say is like I don't want to say the offense is like simpler, but you're not forcing DJ to to go out of his comfort zone to do stuff. And then when he when he right. gets in when he gets into a rhythm, he's making those those throws down the sideline and stuff like that 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 you expect oh, yeah. out of out of a guy like that that he wasn't making last year. So I think the I think Streeter's done a good job getting him into a rhythm, using the running backs to kind of you know get get the flow of the game going, and then right. taking shots, taking calculated shots down the field. And DJ's just done a lot better. He also is is smaller or not smaller, but like skinnier, and definitely has more wiggle to him this year. So right, that helps his his footwork is noticeably noticeably better. I went back and watched um, a little bit of the Boston College game from last year. Um, just because I'm mentally preparing myself for what to expect from Boston College on Saturday. <laughs> um, and it's it's night and day. Um, it's one of those things that you don't really see because you're focused on the game and where the ball is going and who he's throwing to. Um, but on the rewatch, you can, he's just throwing from a whole lot more consistent platform. His shoulders are square. And the biggest thing is he's, he's making different throws. Last year, everything was a duck at like 75 miles an hour, just screaming across the field, not throwing catchable balls. Um, and this year you see some of that, but his, his accuracy has been so much better. And I think it's because of his, his footwork, he's putting himself in a better spot and also the pass protection, the offensive line is not a bunch of road graders. We haven't run the ball super effectively or super efficiently, but I mean, in pass protection, I would, I would venture to guess we've probably given up two, maybe three sacks the whole year that were actually on the offensive line. Um, I know we haven't had any sacks. Uh, we had one last week against Wake. I don't, we didn't have any against NC State. So the offensive line is playing really well. 
Um, and they're giving him time. And that's what he needs. He's, he's starting to go through progressions and we're starting to open things up. Um, so I think there's still obviously a lot of room for improvement, especially defensively. But we just keep building, man. Obviously, we're more talented than everybody we play in the ACC from here on out. Um, so it's it's just about handling business. We're really playing Clemson every week. <clears throat> yep. As cliche as it is. But like I said, you never want to take wins against good teams for granted, especially when, when they're at home. Uh, but that that hoe was rocking. And that's I love, I love so all the much stadiums. fun to be a part of. I love all the stadiums getting the LED lights. Yeah. It just looks so cool. It is, dude, it's like a and, – and I don't want to oversell, like, the impact it has on the game. But I think as a fan, obviously, you're there to watch the team. But more so than anything, it's about entertainment. That's what really sells it. Yeah. And, and for a recruit, that's definitely what it's about. Oh, yeah. So I think just the whole game day experience with all the all the stuff that's been upgraded. Obviously, the the guest services and stuff in the stadium have been getting updated over the last four or five years. But like now, we're really towards the top in terms of what we provide is you know like a on field product. And it's yeah. And obviously, when you're winning, I mean, we've won 37 in a row at home, 19 in a row in night games at home. That's a that's a lot of games. Yeah, though. that's a it's a lot of wins in a row. I think we're one away from tying Bobby Bowden of FSU back in the 90s when they were uh, putting people on a T-shirt. Um, so it's pretty crazy. I mean, especially when you think back before we lost to Pitt in 2016, I think we had we had gone like two – I think we'd gone like three and a half seasons without losing a home game. So, I mean, I would say we're somewhere in the ballpark of like the last 60, we've only lost one, which is I don't feel advantage. Um, so, yeah, I don't care what LSU says about Death Valley. Um, there's only one real one. We had it first. And uh, people don't beat us at home. So, it is what it is. Yeah, it was a great game. It was fun to watch. Um, yeah. Devinny, how about you tell us about – I don't even know if you've watched the game yet, but how would you tell us about what happened with the Georgia game? What do you mean have I watched the game yet, bro? Come on. Um, I mean, hey, I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. Um, not the uh, outcome we all were expecting, obviously. Uh, but, hey, I will take a win any day of the week if it's got to. a good-looking win or an ugly one. Um, but, yeah, I'll start off with the, the offense. Um, it feels weird saying this after watching the game. Um, we had four, almost five yards per carry on the ground and uh, 500 yards, almost 500 yards total offense, um, which didn't really look, look like that while you were watching it because um, offense struggled, um, especially the O-line, which I'll get into in a minute. Um, Stetson probably had his worst completion percentage game so far this year, um, 24 for 43. Um, and he still had 300 yards, um, no touchdowns, no turnovers, except for the fumble. Um, but his adjusted completion percentage was 64%, which is not great. Um, That's straight before the adjustment, though. 55% on the game is not ideal. Yeah, yeah, 55 before the – I mean, it's not great, but he, it, it was just, you know, lad – Forgot his hands again, apparently. What is that dude's deal? Get a grip. 
I don't know. I, I, he can't handle the the pressure of being the main the main target. So that's what I think. And he's putting a lot of stress on himself. It's not doing well for him. Um, on uh, throws 10, 10 yards, 10 more yards. Um, he was 12 for 22 with 222 yards. Um, when blitzed, which was a lot of those, um, he was 10 for 17 for 136 yards. Um, going into the offensive line, this is probably – one of the worst performances I've yes, seen. They struggled. Um, from an offensive, com- like a combined unit um, at Georgia in a while. Um, just to give you a quick little stats to tell you how bad it was if you didn't watch the game. Um, Cedric Van Pran, our center, uh, allowed four quarterback pressures by himself um, and had a pass block grade of 37. Those of you at home, that's not good. 30, 37. <laughs> okay, your average is like 60, and that's average. Um, so, yeah, he did not do well um, in the past. Do they game. have somebody at nose was, tackle or like interior yeah. D, D line? Yeah, they had, yeah, they had a, they they had got a, a dog. Yeah, they had a zero technique. Um, it was, it's, well, it's, it's, it was it's hard not, to tell if it's not really Missouri... that they had a dog, bro. They brought six. Or seven guys, they brought an extra extra rusher almost every single play, and it was just. But that should play that should play good into your offense though, because Georgia's offense is a lot of like dink and dunk, short passes and screens, because you're so good at blocking on the perimeter. It just, I don't I don't know if Missouri's defense just played out of their ass or if yeah, Missouri's defense kind of it was kind of both. They played really good, but we weren't like we only had eight screen plays. In the game, um, out of those forty-three attempts, eight were screens, um, and we've been doing a lot, a lot more of those early in the year. It was kind of weird watching it because, like, how our offense looked in the first three games, it's just like the blitz, just like completely, like, we just like he didn't know what to do. He didn't know what plays to call. Um, it's well, almost now- like he was shocked. It was weird, but like. They were selling out on stopping the run, and in the first half, we just couldn't do anything about it on the offense. What I almost wonder if you look at you look at Missouri like personnel wise and think, okay, well, we can we can go after them downfield, or we'll attack intermediate, or you know, they're because most teams have a most defensive coordinators have a certain coverage that they default to. Everybody's going to run man, everybody's going to blitz, but most teams have a certain sort of coverage, whether it be man zone whatever the case is, they got a, sort of a default. You almost think, okay, well, if they're this sort of team, you've got these sort of routes and these combinations, high lows, half field reads that you can that you can attack with. So I almost wonder if you're thinking, okay, well, they're not that great. Um, you know, you take some shots downfield or you do something different, you almost get out of your you – know, you get away from what you're good at. Yeah, it, it was um... – I think we went into the game on the offense, you know, thinking we were going to rush for 250 yards, which is understandable. Um, and Missouri, it's almost like they knew that, and they just sold out and stopped the run. Um, just to give you a little fact, during the last four years playing Missouri, um, that's pretty much been their game plan on defense the last four years. Um, 
Like in 2018, we had 40 rushes for 185. 2019, 38 rushes for 166. Um, last year, 33 for 168, and this year, 36 for 169. So, like, we don't – and all the rushing yards – 100 of those rushing yards came in the fourth quarter. Um, so, they did a really good – they executed their game plan well on defense. Um, granted, you know, Tom Munkin probably didn't expect their offensive line to play, like, absolute shit, um, which they did. Um, right, I mean – Here's another stat. Broderick Jones had a run block grade of 80. Um, and that was the highest – or the next highest on the offensive line was 60. Um, so, I mean, that's – And your O-line has to work as a unit. I mean, you got to have <laughs> – Exactly. You got to have five guys together. All yeah, the time. One, one guy blocking good is not going to – it's not going to mean anything. If your other four guys are, yeah. you know, are not going to block at all. And if one guy, especially your center, who's supposed to be, you know, the quarterback on the line and his pass block grade is 37, if your center doesn't know what he's doing, more than likely the rest of the line is not going to know what they're doing either. So, I mean, that that stat right there of Cedric Van Pran should just tell you how the night went. Um, Coming into the game, the offensive line only allowed seven tackles for a loss, which led the country. Um, through the first four games. The next team was Florida with 12 um, and only two Florida? sacks. And only Wouldn't two sacks. That, okay. Um, that's, that's why the season's got to get it – got got to get into fully – uh, fully, we're, we're, fully Everybody's full on in conference play now, so it's yeah. it's going to get real. That's like some somebody said there should be no rankings in college football until at least week four. No, I would say I agree. That, bro. I would say like week I would, six. I was, yeah, I was about to say you go halfway through the season, see kind of where everything's at. Because the, the thing that really bothers me is like we talked about Kentucky last week and how nobody thinks they're number seven team in the country. But just based on where you start, if you're not losing, you're not going to go down. Right. At least not like exponentially. But we yeah. don't do in, in in April when you do preseason rankings, you don't know what the hell anybody's going to show up as in August. Exactly. You know, that's Even why in September when you're playing nobody, you, when you don't you, know. When you do it this – or when you have rankings this early, I think you should, like, adjust the rankings on, you know, beating good teams. Like, Georgia and Clemson are the only ones in the top five that have beaten a ranked opponent. Well, Clemson's the only team right now in the AP poll that's beaten two other ranked. Yeah, y'all have beaten two and we've beaten one. And yep. the next team in the top ten, I think, was um, – Bama's beaten one. No, Bama, um, Bama hasn't beaten one. They beat Arkansas. Well, they besides Arkansas, like before last week, before this past weekend. Yeah. But I digress. Shit, tech, tech beat one, and they're not ranked yet. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll, get, into, we'll get into that. Uh, is this, yeah, is this they, stat right? Hold on. Is this stat right? Brock Bowers had three <laughs> rushing attempts and three touchdowns rushing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. on the season, yeah. Yep. Averaging 27.3 yards per carry. That's nuts. Is he a running back or a tight end? He's both. Both? both. He, anything. Anything you need. You know, he played football. Um, I play offense. Um, But, yeah, when I was – I bet saying, he could spin it, too. Sorry. This is so – I'd awful. let him play quarterback. Um. 
they only allowed seven tackles for loss and two sacks going into the game, leading the country. Um, and during the Mizzou game, they gave up nine tackles for loss and two more sacks. So that's not what you want from an offensive line standpoint. I mean, if your offensive line doesn't play good, your offense ain't going to do well. Just point blank, period. Doesn't matter who's a quarterback or running the rock. Your offensive line ain't blocking – you ain't doing anything, um, and especially early in the game, um, when you have two early turnovers. I mean, you just you're hanging your defense out to dry, and you're not, you know, you're not helping yourself at all. Um, yep. Yep. With Kendall Milton giving up the fumble, inexcusable, um, in my opinion, um, from him, um, and then Setson Bennett fumbled. I mean, that's two. Two plays right there. We we gave him the ball right back. Um, and then on a third and I think it was eight or nine, um, third and long, Lad dropped the first down catch. That was a really good pass from from Stetson. Um, it's just things like that that we're not helping ourselves with. And you know, we even saw in the Kent State game. I was about to say it's similar um, to the Kent State game. Yeah, just early turnovers and then catching up. You're just trying and, to try, almost trying to beat yourself. Yeah, and I said after the Kent State game, if we do that against a SEC team, you know, we saw it's a, it's a good thing you got Missouri. Yeah, I mean, seriously, if that I was, think with that sat line, you could only else. you can only beat Missouri, Vandy, or South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not. We're gonna we're gonna lose. We're gonna lose. If we play out like that, we're gonna lose against Tennessee and Mississippi State. Easy. Because um, if we give them more opportunities, they're going to take advantage of it. Um, but, yeah, uh, A.D. Mitchell missing is huge. Because, um, like I said about Ladd, he's just crumbling under the pressure of being, you know, the main guy out wide. Um, granted, he is the vet out wide with A.D. Mitchell gone, but he's just – I don't know what's going on. I think it's just – it's all mental. Is we've seen him, you know, he can do it. He's just he's just crumbling under pressure. Um, so I really we really need AD back. Um, but yeah, 100, 100 out of this 107 yards. I said we're on the ground. Um, we outgame Missouri in the second half, 299 on offense to their 100. You know, so we finally stepped up in the second half. And I mean, I'm sure Kirby got to their freaking asses well that and we finally running uh we finally started running gap um gap runs i mean shit maybe maybe they were just reads maybe they were just trying to try some stuff out like kind of taking not necessarily taking the game for granted but just like let's try these different plays out that we don't necessarily know for that good at and then all of a sudden you're trailing and you're like okay Let's get back to our regular shit. Yeah. I mean, it was just like Missouri hit us in the mouth early and we stumbled for two quarters. I mean, that's yeah. really what it looked like um, overall. But, yeah, the offense just didn't click. Um, but if you look at the stats, you're like, how did, the, how did we almost lose this game? We almost had 500 yards total offense. You know, it's just, it's just a little – it's time of possession. Um it's turnovers. Yeah, Missouri didn't you know. even have 300. That's yeah, crazy. I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you look at the box score, you're like, we should have won by 20. It's turnovers. Um, turnovers change football games. 
Yep, turnovers and, you know, not getting touchdowns in the red zone. Um, just kicking field goals all game. When I rewatched it, I was like, this is a boring game until the fourth quarter. Um, really. I don't know. But, it, was, uh, it was pretty, it was fairly it was fun for y'all to watch. It was fairly entertaining. Yeah, it was probably fun for y'all to watch. Um, defense. I mean, I feel like it's going to be a bend, bend, don't break type defense. Um, you know, watching the game, the first half, even all game, we didn't play that bad. Like, I'll get into of the, you know, a couple of the problems. I mean, all, all Missouri could do is, is kick field goals. Yeah, they have one touchdown. Um, but, like, they didn't play that bad. Um, Missouri got most of their production on explosive plays. Um, that's one of the negatives about the defense so far this year. Um, they had 183 out of their 294 yards um, and their only touchdown on just five plays. So five plays, they had a touchdown Jeez. and three quarters of their yards on five plays. Um, that's not good. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I'm I, I'm I'm, probably, I'm sure you probably don't have that stat, but I'm curious to know of those other four plays that didn't score. I do. I'm sure, I do they kick field goals off those off those. I'll give you I'll give you a stat like that, but combined with the Kent State game. So, when the Kent State game um, and the Missouri game combined, our defense had gave up eight explosive plays for 288 yards and two touchdowns. Eight plays, almost 300 yards and two touchdowns. The remaining 78 plays, we gave up 298 yards, which averages a 3.8 yards per play. So, <clears throat> eight plays pretty much go for the that's same amount of yardage as 78 plays. And if you think about that, that's retarded. Yeah, that's, that's um, not good. No. And that's – I mean, that's – you know, you can't <laughs> – you can't let that happen. I mean, that, that, those are game, game-defining game plays right there, those explosive ones, um, especially against good opponents. And the tackling grades are just absolutely atrocious the past two weeks, which is kind of surprising because I feel like we've always been a good tackling team. I feel like Kirby's always, you know, been adamant about being able to wrap up. Against Kent State, overall tackling grade on defense was 61. And against Missouri, it was 56. Um, and that's the lowest since 2019 from our total defense. Um, and one more stat um, from the defense, the overall team grade was a 74. Um, and the last four times since Kirby's been on uh, – been the head coach, we've had five games now where our team grade on defense has been less than 75, and the other four times we've lost. Oh, my God. And we all – I mean, we almost lost this game too. Um, but, yeah, the, the other four times our team defensive grade was under 75 were losses to Bama twice, um, LSU with – uh, Joe Burrow and then Florida when they had um, Trask. 
Yeah, Trask and Pitts. Um, so, yeah, I mean, watching the game, I was looking at it and, like, we didn't play terrible. Um, I think Dumas Johnson had a really good game. Um, he's turned into a really good linebacker. Um, there wasn't one thing that did frustrate, frustrate me was the, the dirty block on Jalen Carter. Oh, my God, dude. That was, like, so incredibly obvious. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Like, that was just such a, like, cheap, like, some high school shit right there. Like, that made me so mad. He literally dove at his knee. Like, come on, man. Um, but, hey, didn't get called, so. That used to be our best blocking scheme. <laughs> hey, y'all came out with a dub, so that's yeah, all that I mean, really matters at the end of the day. Um, but, yeah, I guess we can uh, we can move on to the Georgia Tech versus Pitt upset. Huge game. So, Sid, if you wanna, if you wanna get in, I you I you're on record on the podcast, almost giving up on the team, and then a change was made at head coach, and now you get an upset against Pitt. So, just and we got, dude, we were we were chugging the Kool Aid last week. Yeah, just and then got, you win. Got to know. Got to know how you feel about it. Yeah, I didn't really know what to think about it. It kind of felt like one of those deals where you're watching the game, you're like, damn, they're keeping this close enough just to get me drawn in, and then we're gonna lose. Um, but the defense just all night just kept coming up with plays. So I, I'll start with the bad first, still the offenses. Um, it's not good. It was a rainy night. It was a nasty night. Just apparently had a pretty good week of practice, but uh, he just was very inefficient. He was 11 for 26 for 102 yards and one touchdown pass uh, to EJ. Um, everything else was – he was pressured. Um, I think he was pressured on like – 38% of his dropbacks, uh, and they were just in his face all night. So, obviously, the game plan was to run the ball. Uh, for whatever reason, we really felt like Hassan Hall was going to kind of give us that edge, and we really couldn't get anything going on the ground. The offensive line was just getting whipped. I know Pitt has a pretty pretty solid front seven, especially uh, their defensive line is pretty talented. But um, our, our left guard was just – it was just uh, – an, an open gate all night. I mean, he, he couldn't get anything done. The center kind of got abused. The good thing is the tackle play was pretty decent. Um, Jakai Leftwich is really trying to play himself into a, a starting position. Um, I think the highest graded offensive lineman was Will Lay, uh, which is a uh, one. He finished around 61 for his PFF, and then Pierce Quick was second. Pierce Quick had a 90 pass block, so really kind of locked it down in the pass blocking, but the run blocking was just um, pretty subpar. So um, as a unit, not all, not great. Uh, really, like I said, really tough defensive line to to hold your own against, but um, Jeff was pressured a lot, and he finished with a 32.1 PFF grade. Uh, his pass grade was 25.6. His run grade was 71.6. So most of that comes from his running, and he finished with a QBR of 66.5. So um, not great. Definitely the highlight of the offense was Hassan Hall, finished with an 80 PFF. Um, pretty good pass blocking. Uh, then our highest-rated uh, receiver was EJ. He had a pretty good game, had a really good catch, then also uh, had a touchdown reception. Um, so that big Love enough. It. 
Had Love a pretty it. good game. He finished with two receptions for 54 yards and one touchdown. We really didn't throw the ball much. Um, when we needed to throw the ball, Nate McComb was there on a few third and fourth and shorts. Um, and big time play, you kind of know who the ball is going to. Um, he's he's pretty nice. Dude, he's, he's nice. He, he finds that perfect spot just to kind of settle down, gets open. And then when he gets the ball, he doesn't do all that dancing around. I mean, he can make people miss and he's fast, but he just goes and gets yardage and then just gets right back up and is ready for the next play. Like, he, he's just one of those guys that you really enjoy watching. Um, so the offense wasn't great. It was really frustrating. But um, special teams-wise, I mean, I think the player of the game has to be Gavin Stewart. He went out there, was four for four. Um, his long was only 40 yards, but uh, – Isn't that the but, guy that, like, hadn't been kicking for y'all? Oh, he's not been kicking. No, he's been on kickoffs. But he has, like, a, a very odd drop back, like, in his setup. He is, like, three steps back, but, like, one half step over. Like, he's he's just straight – He's, like, straight up with – Yeah. But, I mean, everything was just booted right down the middle or just – I mean, it looked like a solid kick every time. And we're four for four. Yeah, I don't it was think automatic. I don't think we've hit 100% at any point since Jeff, uh, since uh, not Jeff, but since Paul's left and since we had Harrison Bucker with any kicker. So that was huge, to be honest. Um, it's really why you won the game. But uh, defensive wise, unreal, to be honest with you. I know I'm not saying Pitt's offense is really that great, but. The what we were able to do on defense is not anything we've seen in a while from our defense because uh, if you look at Abanacanda and Vincent Davis, those are both really solid backs, and, and they can pound the rock if they get in rhythm. Their offensive line is big, um, but for whatever reason, we were we were after uh, Slova's ass all night. Uh, we Everybody was in his face all night. Uh, Keon was just abusing um, – both tackles, left or right, didn't matter. Anytime he was just straight bull rushing guys right into his face. Um, it, you can really tell a difference when uh, Charlie's on the field and when he's not. But when he's on the field, he's by far and away the best player in the entire field. He went crazy. Um, he did not play the first half because of his targeting call. And um, he finished with six tackles, one assist, one interception. Um one forced fumble and one fumble recovery. And then freaking – the Heisman. And then Ely's out here filling the stat sheet too. That I, yeah. I was, that's what I was saying the whole game. The two linebackers look really good. And that's crazy yeah. because you just fired your defensive-minded, in quotes, head coach. And now these kids are out here playing free and going off. Uh, it was just really weird to see how much better the linebacker group looked. I mean, even with Trenelius, he had the one busted coverage that they scored their first touchdown with. But other than that, dude, he was, like, in on most of his keys. He was he was covering the right guys when they needed to be covering, and he was filling the, the gaps. Um, so he really stepped up when Charlie wasn't in. He finished with four tackles, three assists. But, yeah, Ace really filled – I mean, he, he's your your volume tackle guy. Like, he's just by default the position he plays on the defense. He's, he's going to be there a lot. But a lot of the times we have busted runs and bust, busted fits, and it's because of Ace. But, really, he didn't have any. Um, like I said, Vincent is – and when Abanda Canada got hurt, uh, he's just one of those little bowling balls, and he just, you know, gets. He's his, a lot his like Abanda Canada. He really is just shorter. But um, well, even I don't know if you guys remember the first game against West Virginia. Abanda Canada had like a couple carries and couldn't get anything going, and Vincent Davis was just the hot hand, and they rode him all night. 
Oh, dude, and they couldn't Vincent, stop him. They couldn't tackle the guy. Vincent, Vincent lit us up last year. I remember watching him run up and down the field. We couldn't stop him. Uh, Bannacanda got hurt, but um, we never really, really let him get going. I think he had like maybe 10, 15 yards rushing. Um, might have had a little bit more than that, but not much. But Bannacanda, yeah, he had thirty yards. Yeah, thirty on, yards, on ten okay. carries. So yeah, I mean, we just really didn't let him get much going, and then he ended up sitting in the sling the rest of the night. But Vincent's kind of one of those guys where he just finds a little hole and he turns his shoulder pads to the side and squeezes through and then just, just eats up eight yards real quick. Um, and is probably going to run somebody over in the process. So uh, we we turned him over twice, two possessions in a row. And uh, Slovis really could never get into a rhythm until the very end of the game. So it's kind of one of those deals where the, the offense, I mean, the, the defense just controlled the game. It, it seems like every time our offense would go out there, get a three and out, you're like, shit, you know, you like, they'd start moving the ball, they'd pick up a first down or two, and then the defense would just lock it down. So really not sure what the difference was. Um, there was a lot of talk that Jeff had his, his hand on too many things and had his input on too many things and game prep and the game plan and stuff. And I know one of the, the comments was made that Thacker can finally call his own game. And I'm not saying Thacker's a good defensive coordinator, but um, did a hell of a job. One for one. Yeah, one for one for sure. Um, and, you know, don't get me wrong, Pitt beat themselves a lot. They had some some pre-snap penalties, some, just some self-inflicted wound, drop passes. But for the most part, uh, really good coverage, and we got after that ass on the line. So, um, I, thought, I thought watching the game, I thought Georgia Tech outplayed Pitt just straight out. I think straight up, too. And, see, that's what's frustrated me is you hear Brent Key say, you know, I know these kids have had it all along. I think we're not that poorly talented. I just think we've been so poorly coached for so long. It's just like, my God, we've we've just beat the, the that is definitely ourselves. that's definitely a thing that, for three that can years happen. straight. Yeah, that game just proved it. You look at you look at the. I mean, just going back to South Carolina, you look at the Muschamp years. He had a bunch of talent. He had you know Jay Z Horn, who was the first defensive player taken off the board this past draft or no two drafts ago, and we've won like six games in two years. So it's like coaching matters a lot in the Auburn game JC Horn won by himself yeah that's what yeah, I'm saying like COVID year yeah, yeah I mean. yep so it's just like one of those things where it's like so frustrating that we've gone three years and I'm not saying it's simple changes I'm not saying anything ch- turns around this year right like we could go out and lose to Duke which Duke's a really solid I think they're one of the more solid teams we have left on our schedule outside surprisingly of Duke, solid surprise they just play clean football so uh I know we'll get into that but which I mean, while we're talking about Duke, I just have to go ahead and say this. I honest to God feel like obviously Texas A&M has a lot of issues offensively, but I swear to God, I think part of their problem is that Tim Elko's gone. Obviously, I was their defensive coordinator last year. We see what he's done at Duke. If you can go in and immediately win at Duke, you're a good I've, coach. I've seen all I need. You're a good coach. Yeah. yeah, that's true. You're a good coach, period. I Yeah, so they probably – I mean, I think they probably have gone two for two in hiring coaches and, and – putting Duke at where Duke needs to be with Cutcliffe, and then we'll see what Elko, but so far, um, knocking it out of the park. Honestly, but, um, yeah, really good at hiring football coaches. Yeah. So, um, like I said, you know, everybody's like, oh, my God, like this team is turning it around. I mean, hell of a start, right? One Maybe. After firing. Um, but, you know, it's still to be determined. Right. But my point is, like, going out and playing against a team like Pitt, 
I mean, yeah, they were ranked number 24. Are they probably the 24th ranked team in the country? The way they looked offensively, I, I say hell no. But um, they played Tennessee closer than they played us, to be honest. doesn't look like it, but they honestly played Tennessee much better than they played us. Um, and I, I don't think they're a bad team. I think Slovis is an okay quarterback. So they've got some big dudes on both lines. The trenches, they're pretty good, but – it really was impressive to see that the kids just didn't quit. Um, Brent changed a lot up. He was very adamant, like, hey, there's going to be a lot of things practice. And they had four days to do that. So, um, you know, hell of a start. We'll see where it goes from here. But uh, if you can get marginal improvement from Jeff uh, at quarterback position, you, you, you can win some games on the schedule. You can, you you can win a couple games down the stretch for sure. Yeah. So, um, and we were, we were talking about it earlier. I mean, not earlier, but like the other day. And I mean, if Brent Key can get this team bowl eligible, which is a task in its own, um, there are definitely some winnable games down the schedule. But if he if he can do that, then he's the head coach. Oh, absolutely! If if you get to a bowl game this year with the how bad some games have looked and how poorly coached we've been, if you get the bowl game this year, which requires you running the shit out of the table. <laughs> Uh, to put it lightly, with Georgia at the end of the, the season, and you still got Florida State and Miami. I mean, if you get bowl eligible, I, I think it's no doubt you you hire him to a, a heavy incentive laden contract and save some money and and let him see what he can do. Um, it, it but is I think good. again, just like with Thacker, I mean, Brent Key's one for one. Like going back, yeah. I, I watched the condensed version, so obviously there's a lot of plays I missed, but it, the effort was there. Like the body language, so much better on the sidelines. Like it's and it's the little things that you wanted to be looking for for Jeff, like the past couple of years. Just show me some improvement, not asking for some you to go undefeated. And I feel like yeah. Brinky, if he can give you that, it's going to be hard not to hire him because I think he can keep your roster together for one. And this is kind of what we talked about last week. I feel like he's he's been one of the main cogs recruiting. Obviously, we yeah. know he's had some bigger jobs, you know, at bigger programs. So he's got the experience. He knows what it takes, and I think. He's, he's likable enough where he could probably put together a good staff and keep pieces that he wants. But again, if you win a few games on the stretch, even if you, I mean, even if you win with four, four or five wins, I think, I think he's got to have a good shot. Inconsiderate. Yeah. Absolutely. Like you said, you can, you can go incentive laden contract and not really have to pay him out the ass where if you go out on the free agent market and try and big game hunt, then you have to sell tech to somebody that's never been there. I mean, hey, I feel I, like it might be a fit already. And a programs I, like I mean, this, I, like South Carolina, we hired Shane Beamer because he's – I mean, he didn't go to South – he went to Virginia Tech, but he wanted to be at South Carolina. He loves it at South Carolina. He's not – he wouldn't leave for any job in the nation. Um, I think, like, watching Brent Key's post-game interview, what is the uh, – Any job in the nation, that's a bold that's a bold statement, but continue. I, I stand by that. Absolutely, I stand by that. Um, but Brent Key in his post game interview, like on the field, it almost looked like he was getting choked up because of how proud he was to be the head coach of that football team to get that upset, which is that's kind of what you want in a program like this. Like you want a guy that, oh, that loves you want a guy that that loves it and he's gonna put everything he possibly can into it. And and Brent Key might be that guy. He might not be, but he might be. Yeah, I mean he's one for still- one. We'll revisit it every week. Yeah, it's still early to tell. He might be that guy. But like you said, Jacob, like the dude left Alabama, he had it 
upset. He was an offensive line coach at Alabama. I mean, take your pick at offensive lineman um, and, you know, pretty much meet for a national championship every year. He left there to come back to the school he went to to be the same position, offensive line coach. It's not like he went to offensive coordinator. It's not like he had a, a higher position. Um, all we did was the name of an assistant head, assistant head coach. And now, I mean, he's had plenty of opportunity to bail when shit was, you know, in the dumps. And he just kept trying to find ways to make it work. And here he is in his first game. He gets the guys ready to go play and goes and beats uh, a top 25 team at the time, right? They're not top 25 anymore. But when I say at the time, I mean, that's that's still like the optics there are pretty damn good because – they're thinking, not they're not in the no. top 25 anymore because y'all beat them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I mean you point. beat a top 25 team and you knocked them out of the top 25. Right. So that's, that's still a good, good football so, yeah, team. I mean, right. And, and I, I do like his response. You know, uh, 6A, the fan, and a couple other uh, news outlets have asked him, like, in interviews, like, hey, like, are you seeing this as an interview, as, like, an audition and stuff? And he's like, I'm not worried about – what job I could potentially get. He's like, I'm worried about the job I have now. And so he's like, you know, we're just going to take this slow and see where it goes. So like, I, I, I do respect him for that because I mean, it'd be easy for him to be out there and be like, absolutely. I want to prove that this could be my job. But I mean, he's really cares more about seeing tech football succeed. And I really do honestly believe that. So um, if you have a coach that's been there, he knows the situation. He knows, you know, it's not easy. Um, like you said, you don't have to go sell the program to someone and pay him a shit ton of money to do it. You pay him, you give him a, a bigger raise than what he's got now and throw some incentives in there to go out there and, you know, win some football games. Then I think you could, with the support of the program that we're supposedly getting now, I, I think you could turn things around and, and get back to, you know, eight, nine wins a, a year, especially in a shitty coastal. So, That's I mean, literally look at, the coast, look at the coastal, look at the coastal right now. The best team, or I want to I don't know about the best team, but the, the, the most complete team playing football right now is Duke. That's a fact. That's true. That's a fact. That's a fact, 100%. That's a fact, Jack. So, so I mean, you, you're telling me you can't recruit enough talent and be well-coached enough team to beat Duke? I mean, the, the conference – It's open. The, 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 the division's open. If somebody gets in there and does the right things, I mean – it's there, so the opportunity is yeah. there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We'll see. We'll we'll take it one game at a time. Huge one. As for this past past week, really enjoyed the win. Um, hate that I had to watch it by myself, but uh, of course, y'all know I couldn't actually give up. So we're Naturally, here. We'll yeah. be back next week. Yeah, we we knew better than that, Sid. So. Huge win for Tech. Huge win for Brent Key. Honestly, I I'm kind of rooting for the dude to be the head coach, but. Anyways, we'll see. We'll see with this with this Duquesne coming up, which we'll talk about here in a second. Speaking of, we'll get into um, some overviews, some some breakdowns of these upcoming games. Um, I'll go first. If y'all want, me to go ahead and go first since I was, or you want to go first since we were already I mean, talking about it. But I mean, I, we, you can. I guess. I mean, that probably makes sense since we were already talking about it. Um. I'll, I'll be quick, honestly, because, I mean, it's kind of one of those games where you don't really know what we're going to get. But I think Duke's, like I said earlier, playing best football out of all um, teams in the Coastal. I'm not saying they're most talented, um, but That's I think clean. they for sure look 
they just play such clean football. Um, they have, you know, beat the teams they're supposed to beat. They played Northwestern kind of close. Um, but uh, they also played Kansas really close, which we all know is playing good football right now too. So um, it's kind of one of those, those interesting games where you think, you know, most of the time you go out there and you, you beat the shit out of Duke. But there's been a couple of seasons here and there, like when they had Daniel Jones and stuff, when it just wasn't the case. So um, definitely have a work cut out for us. Um, I think I think hopefully we'll continue to see the same personnel. I think Brent's not going to play guys just to play guys that we had played in the past. Uh, like he made the immediate kicker change. Um, Hassan, Hassan Hall snapped last week. He's really explosive, um, good, solid runner. So I'm hoping we'll be able to keep running the ball a little bit, um, bring the pass game along, hopefully get Leo uh, – Blackburn back this week. They're talking about he's practicing coming to game speed, so might be able to get him back. That'd be big. But um, yeah, no, that that would be huge. So um, I mean, I don't, don't really know what to expect. Don't have a whole lot of you know analysis here. Their quarterback's pretty efficient. He'll throw probably 35, 40 times a game. Um, complete, you know, sixty percent of them, and uh, they have pretty decent stable of backs um i know riley leonard's probably their, their number one guy and then receiver wise just a few athletes you know no no guys are going to blow you away but like i said guys that they get open and um on defense, i like Jalen calhoun though he's I, I think he's their leading receiver but he is yeah, or Jalen coleman oh, oh, oh uh, sorry calhoun. i think it's calhoun Col- coleman's, coleman's a running back, back. I thought you were talking about running back. Yeah, yeah, uh, Jalen Calhoun. He's he's really good. He's he's their leading receiver for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely guys you got to watch out for. But I, don't, I mean, like I don't I don't think no Duke guy. is more talented than Georgia Tech. If if Georgia Tech can come out and play a similar game to what they played against Pitt, it's a it's a definitely a winnable game. Yeah, no, I I I don't think they're more talented than us. I'm not That's sure I'm there's that many more teams that many teams in the coastal that are more talented than us. We've just been in a really bad coach spot and just looked like a poor team for a long time. But um, defensively, you still got to watch out for Shaka Hayward. Um, he's their, he's their guy. I know Darius Joyner is supposed to be pretty good. Um, plays number He's number one, just one of those guys that eats up a lot of tackles. Um, and their defensive line is not bad. Uh, they're kind of undersized, but they play hard. And so um, I think it'll be interesting. I think you can definitely go pull a win out. I know a lot of fans, I think it'll probably be a little bit more packed. A lot of people said, I'll start showing back up once they fired Jeff. Um, then when you go on the road and you win in front of 12 people in Pittsburgh, um, you know, gives gives fans a reason to come back and watch the games. It's a four o'clock game, fall so game. This, there's I, no reason. There's... I think this game's going to be, I don't know about packed, but it, there's going to be a good, a good, base of fans there for sure after that win oh absolutely i mean yeah i think it there's no reason not to it's not going to be exactly. raining as of right now there's no it's not hot it's gonna be a fall weather four o'clock game sun's going down students have no reason not to show up they showed up earlier and you just fired jeff you just won a game like i mean you you're get behind the Duke, it feels very winnable again yeah right and then it's a chance to get back to 500 then you're sitting here thinking shit kind of start the season over here real quick. See how many games we can rattle off. So, yeah, I, I think it'll be a better atmosphere. It won't be what it can be. Still got a long ways to go in terms of rebuilding that. But 
I'm looking forward to it, to be honest. For the first time in a while, like, I wasn't even looking forward to the pit game. Uh, once that ended, I was like, shit, I'm going to start looking forward to some games again, you know? So I'll be there Saturday. I'm looking forward to it. I, I think we'll pull out a win, to be honest with you. Let's go. Score predictions. Yeah, score predictions, and we'll move on. Uh, with the defense we played this past this past week, uh, I'm thinking we give up uh, 14 points. And I, I'm thinking we score 17 or 21. I like it. So, it's yeah, it's got to stay a low-scoring game, definitely. Yeah, I mean, offensively, we're not going to blow anybody out of the water. But um, if your defense can play like they did, I guess a really good rushing attack, um, I think I think you can easily hold them to 14 points. I mean, if you look at it, they've, they've put up some points this year, so I, that sounds a little bit disrespectful, but um, I don't think they've, get, they've scored less than 30 all year. But, uh, yeah, 30 is their mark. But they've played Temple, Northwestern, North Carolina A&T, um, and Virginia along with the Kansas game. So uh, sounds a little disrespectful to hold them to 14 points, but everybody's due for a clunker, and maybe they'll be against us. Hell yeah. Never know. Well, with that, we can move on. Um, I, I can go if – unless one of y'all want to go. We'll save you for last. I feel like you have the most compelling game. And I'll just go ahead and go I, since I'm already talking. I don't know. But, okay. I mean, I, I'll leave it there. I'll, I'll – <laughs> You can go. Go we'll ahead. come back. Go ahead. But, um, so, yeah, we're – Clemson's in Boston this weekend, uh, playing Boston College, 7.30 game. Um, Boston College right now is 2-3, and three, I believe. Uh, they win. just got a pretty, pretty nice little win against uh, Louisville, 34-33. Prior to that, their only win was against Maine. They won 38-17. And Everybody at halftime, I'm pretty sure they were trailing. Um, yeah, I don't know what's up with Louisville. Um, but Boston College is not a good team. I'll just leave it there. Um, then they have seven or eight returning starters on defense. They're a pretty veteran group. Um, their, def their, their defensive line is okay. Um, but obviously, skill-wise, I mean, this is this is Phil Dracover and Jay, Flower Jay Flowers. That's really what they've got. And Jay Flowers is a dog, period. Um, and obviously, they're both capable playmakers. But I think when you've got one guy, you just can't let him beat you. Um, and I think defensively, their offensive line has has some holes. But as we know, Boston College always makes something out of nothing offensive uh, with the offensive line. They'll they'll have some guys that really outplay their recruiting ranking. Um, just takes time. Um, but again, you can't let Zay Flowers beat you too often. Um, I, I'd be lying if I said I don't think he'll get behind us. But uh, you just can't make a habit of it. And I think really the biggest thing is, like I said, their defensive line is pretty good. But I would. I would love to see us establish the run game a little bit better, a little earlier. Uh, seems like every game this year we've had spurts where we just can't get the running game going. We've been able to throw. Um, but, I mean, there's there's plenty of touches to go around for all three backs. Uh, and after you've run DJ the way we have the last couple of weeks, I'd like to see him not be used in the run game if you can help it, obviously. Um you need to get Moffa and Pace more work. Obviously, Shipley's going to do what he does. Even if you're just throwing him the ball, just get him touches. Uh, that's that's one of the things I want to see. Um, and then finally, I mean, we've – I feel like once we saw Notre Dame struggling early in the season, that game sort of lost some of the hype. Sort of, some of the shine came off Notre Dame, and you really started to look at our schedule thinking, okay, well, Wake's a good team. 
NC State's probably the best team on our schedule. And now if you come away from both of those games the last two weeks with wins, you kind of start thinking, okay, well, Boston College sucks. You know, you've got an improved uh, Florida State team on the road next week. Um, and then after that, you come back home to play Syracuse, who's still undefeated, I think, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like you're – this week is sandwiched between two big wins and two big games kind of looming. Um, and it's got the makings of a trap game for sure. This is, this is like the like the Georgia versus Missouri game. Like even if even if they come out and play their best game, Clemson's still going to win. I I would I I want to agree with you, but at the same time, I just I just feel like it's one of those games where we have to we need some juice. We can't we cannot start flat the way we did against Louisiana Tech. We can't die out the way we did against Furman. I mean, even against Georgia Tech, I think the opener is a little bit different. But obviously, we struggle to kind of get in the rhythm. The but then, game. I mean, the the last two games have been huge wins over two really good opponents. I agree, and that's why I think it's kind of human nature to kind of make it Maybe hard to get up against. The team I mean, that, that's fair. That you know you're better than, you're more talented than. Um, I think it being a night game will help, honestly, uh, just because you have. Hopefully, Boston College will have some fans there. Uh, maybe they'll boo you when you come out of the tunnel. I don't know. Um, but just – we just need to have some some juice. Don't want to come out flat. Um, just just play with your hair on fire early. Um, get the backups in there. Um, as far as score predictions, I'm thinking this is probably one where not going to get too crazy out of hand. Um uh, I think it's like 20, 19 or 20, I believe. Could be wrong. Somebody have to check real quick. I'm looking um, it up. I'm going, I'm going 38 to 14. That's that's my thinking. Like I said, I have a feeling Zay Flowers will get behind us one time. They'll probably put a drive together. Um, but I think I think we'll do what we need to do. We'll handle Spreads business. 20.5. Uh, okay. So yeah. 38-14 is kind of kind of what I'm thinking. So I guess I'm predicting that we'll we'll cover. I, I like that score. Um, but yeah, I I agree. Clemson's a a much better team than they were last year, and they won ten games last year, so that's saying a lot. But I guess we can move on to a game that is supposed to be a big rivalry: um, Georgia versus Auburn. Which this year it doesn't feel like a big rivalry. It feels like another game against Missouri for Georgia. Uh, the spread's at 29 and a half right now, um, which I might – I would might take that. I don't know. Georgia's come out a little flat in these last two games, but, hey, you know, they're a good football I team. I just felt like last week after the way they played against Kent State, Missouri was about to get the, get the wrong end of the stick. And now I, thought so, I really feel like Auburn is about to get the wrong end of that stick. You would think they're so. They might get a double dose. Um, speaking of Auburn, not to not to interject here, but rumor has it that prior to the game last weekend, this past weekend, Auburn, their administration offered Harson a small buyout, and he never even responded to them regarding it. <laughs> I also him. heard that they've already told him that he is done at the end of the season. Yeah, and they offered to give him just a small buyout and let him be done. That's how that's how great that's how toxic that freaking school is. Auburn, Auburn is, and all is the, all so the alumni. 
all the alumni and the whole organization. Them in Texas, bro. You can't. The man's there it's hard one to coach year, there. One year, and he's lost two games, and they won his throat. But let's be real. Auburn looks real bad right now. Real but bad. But anyway, just go ahead and get into Bro, this they've game. looked bad for a while. They since let Cam, since they Cam let, Newton left. They let South Carolina beat them two straight years. I mean, like this hasn't been a rival. No good. Rival that's game. No good in, in a minute. You know. Um, but hey, um, I guess you can say they played better since they got throttled by Penn State. Have um, they though? They should have yeah. lost to Missouri if Missouri didn't miss a a chip field goal. Yeah, I mean they were they were beating uh and then LSU hey, Missouri's like, a good team, bro. Chill. They were beating they, maybe LSU. hey, maybe they might be. They were up they were up against LSU 17 to nothing in the second. Yeah, they were quarter. 14 nothing on Mizzou. It's like it yeah, dude. Auburn's gonna get up 21 nothing and lose this game in a blowout. Like they've been they've been yeah, up, they'll get up 21 nothing and lose 65 to, to 21. Yeah, they just yeah. blow it. They've been up. Um so I don't know. It's weird. Um, LSU's defense, I think, is pretty good. Um, very underrated. But their offense, on the other hand, absolutely hor- horrific. <laughs> Jane Daniels went eight for twenty with eighty yards against them last That's weekend. Lit. Now Auburn's yeah. defense fine. They got some dudes. Other Early, than that, great. Before the season started, I thought LSU was underrated. I uh, that's one of the probably one of the coldest takes I've ever had in my life. Their defense is underrated. Other, Believe, other, dude, we've had some other real than, cold takes. Obviously, I don't have time to go back and dig them up. But other than I know I've South said Carolina some real dumb shit on win, here. Was going to win some ball games because they're probably going to win five ball games if they're lucky. Um, I mean, LSU's not. If they can get it together on offense, they're okay. They're not going to be bad. They're um, okay. I thought I mean, they were going to be like good, but they're they're just okay. I mean, four and one's not bad. It's all right. Um, but yeah, so Auburn's offensive line is not not very good. On the other hand, uh, I mean, Tank is not having you know a great year so far. As people you can't thought. block for him, it ain't Tank. Exactly, exactly. I'm not, that's what I'm saying. It's the offensive line. It's not him. We know he's the baller. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm expecting them to put up points, uh, especially the way we've been playing the past two weeks. Um, I want to see a lot more blitz packages. I feel like we've hardly blitzed all year. I don't know why. Why? Why do you? Why do you expect them to put up points? The highest points they've scored this season is 17. <clears throat> well, yeah, it's putting up points. Like, I'm not saying they're going to go in there and score 22 again, but, I mean, I expect them to – I expect them to score at least 10, probably. To, to y'all's 50. I don't know. The way we've been playing, I don't think we touch 50. Um, it just depends. Like, if they, if they have a good game plan um, – They still lose. I mean, yeah, I think it's definitely. I think we're definitely gonna win, but you know, I'm just hoping that it's not like last week where we play bad. Because if we keep playing like that, we're gonna run into the wrong team. And that's lose. that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I want to. I just don't. I just. I don't think I see that though. 
I didn't see it last week, bro. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, I like, Missouri is is the... South Carolina that bad? That's what I'm worried about right now. Is South Carolina that? Is Georgia just not actually that good, or are they that good and they just had a couple down weeks? Or is South Carolina just that bad? I don't know. I mean, I think a, a big both uh, maybe a, a factor that plays into it is it was all the way in Missouri and it was a night game. And two, and it's Missouri. We, we usually don't play good in Columbia, Missouri. Yeah, yeah, good. Make make sure you specify <laughs> which Columbia you're talking about. Yeah, um, I mean, you can you can throw in facts and whatnot, but yeah, I hope I hope we beat the the dog crap out of them um, this weekend, but we'll see. I feel like this is uh, a game that what's that your, Georgia what's your gets up then? for. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Three weeks in a row playing below the standard, no shot. Yeah. Against an SEC team that, like, you really don't Against like. Against like Missouri, yeah. just kind of like, eh, whatever. This, yeah. this one game, this is a game you don't want to lose. Like, you don't want that, what happened against Missouri, like, at all. I have a, I have a prediction. Have a victory. I have a prediction exactly. in my head. Exactly. But I want to hear Davini's prediction first. Davini said they'll score some points, 63-9, to nine, dogs. <laughs> What's your prediction? Um, I, I'm going to say – I'm going to say 38-13. My prediction was 42-13. So, I don't think Georgia will score that much, to be honest. I'm thinking, I'm thinking more of like I think, I think they get, 10. I think they get back to it. I think they get back on their grind. But we'll see. You know, we'll see. Um, Either Bro, way. LSU can score 21 points with their quarterback going eight for 20 with 80 yards. It's tough. Um, Stetson had a bad game last week and went for like 320 or or whatever he went for. Yeah, but no so, touchdowns. Yeah. So, I mean, so. Yeah. So. Dude, I'm trying to pander to our Auburn see. listeners. Sometimes y'all just gotta know when to when to lie. Yeah, Auburn's gonna put up a fight for sure. I mean, I know we thought Missouri <laughs> was going to put up a fight. And they That's did, true. So. That's true. That's true. I mean, Anyways, we can move on to another SEC game. Um, this is a game that I don't, I don't feel good about. Um, <laughs> to be completely frank with you, describe good. Well. <sighs> Just, you know, I mean, you win the last two games, you score 50 burgers in both games, which is the first time that this program's done that since 1995. But then again, you played against two teams that you should have put up probably 70 against. Um, the defenses look not good. Just taking horrible angles, missing tackles, and that's just not going to work against a team like Kentucky. And Kentucky's, I think they're overrated. Um, I don't think Will Lovis is that great. Um, their offensive line has played bad. Chris Rodriguez is a really good player, um, but he still averaged like 3.9 yards a carry last week because their offensive line just hasn't played well. Um, and, you know, Ole Miss isn't known for their defensive talent either. I mean, I, I think they're a good football team, but all, Ole Miss is – when you think Ole Miss, you think offense. Um, but I just – with the way that – this South Carolina team starts games. Um, I see Kentucky putting up, you know, a quick 14 points, and then South Carolina's fighting from behind the whole game. 
Um, you know, can can Marshawn Lloyd continue running the ball well and looking explosive against an SEC opponent? I don't know. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Um, I've seen him play not well against SEC teams, um, but I haven't seen him play well against one. Can Spencer Rattler continue to be efficient and, and move the ball downfield and, and throw accurate deep passes? I don't know. I haven't seen it against SEC teams again. I mean, Arkansas, he, he threw the ball pretty well, but Arkansas's secondary was pretty beaten and battered. But, um, you know, it's just not not a great matchup for us, I don't think. And I don't know what a good matchup for us would be, except for these past two teams that we played. And I'm being really critical right now, and I don't really know why. But um, We're at that point of the season. Yeah, it's just this this team has looked – looked like they continuously play below the amount of talent they have. Um, and obviously the defense is, has, is losing a bunch of guys. They lost probably their only like true SEC caliber linebacker in Mo Caba. Um, and then Jordan Strawn, who is a solid, a solid guy, I think. Um, uh, his backup is, has done a fine job, but you know, our, our depth just isn't, isn't necessarily there. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't, I just don't feel good about this game. And, and it's in Lexington, which even, even when we were a good football team back in the early 2010s, we still didn't play well there. I think our last win in Lexington is in 2012. Um, and that 2012 team was really freaking good, but yeah, I don't, I don't like this game. Um, again, I don't think Kentucky is really actually that good. I think this is a, a very pivotal game for South Carolina. I think if, if Shane Beamer wants to keep the fan base on his side for the most part, this is a game that you need to go win. Um, but what I've been shown, I don't know if you can go win it, to be honest, which sucks to say, but – I don't know if Kentucky's any better than Arkansas, and Arkansas beat us by 14. Um, I don't think they're as good as Arkansas. That's my opinion. I mean, I that's fair. I just – I, you know, I just don't know. I just don't know. This this isn't the, – the spread's 10-and-a-half uh, favor toward Kentucky, which I think is fair. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. The, I mean – the thing is, like, the, the, the player that wins this game is Spencer Rattler. Can he win the game? I don't know. I, I honestly – I want to be able to say yes, but right now my, my gut says no. Because even though – I mean, he has seven picks. Four of those picks have been tipped off our receiver's hands into the other team's hands. Um. Which is which is tough, but there's still an interception. Like you, there's that's no excuse for it. So I don't know. I don't know if he has the ability to to go into Lexington and win this game. Um, and I, I don't know if we have necessarily the talent. I mean, we have a lot of talent, but I don't know if we necessarily have the talent to just completely out talent Kentucky because they're also a, a good football team. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I obviously don't. I I don't think we win this game. Um, I think it's like a 31-24 game in favor of Kentucky, to be honest. But, you know, we'll see. If, if Shane Beamer can come out here and win this game, 
I don't know, the prospects are high for the rest of the season. But as of right now, with the way the offense has looked and the way the defense is, is bruised and battered and, and we just don't actually have the defensive depth that maybe people thought we did, it's going to be a tough game to win. You're going to need to be on your A game on both sides of the ball. So, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. Well, you know what I'm going to ask. So, so what, what are you thinking score-wise? 31-24. Kentucky. So, you think y'all cover? Yeah, I don't think they're that much better than us. Again, I think I think they're a little bit overrated. But so, but here's here's my question. With them being ranked 13th, I mean, if you guys, if you take them to the, like, not that we're counting moral victories and shit, but if you right. take them to the wire and lose on, like, a field goal at the end of the game or something like that, I mean, do you, do you think that that's at least something to build off of? Like, obviously, I don't think they're that much better than you guys. Yeah, you I mean, I, I think I think it depends but, on how the game looks. If you If you play four solid quarters and it just, it ends on a game-winning field goal or something like that, I think, I think you're, I, I would be okay with that. But I just I don't I don't think they're like way more talented to win by you know two three scores or whatever maybe. Right, but I will say this: I think it plays into Carolina's favor a little bit just because Carolina's Achilles' heel has been the fact that they can't stop the run consistently, and then you start running play action off of it, and we've seen Kentucky they can't run the ball. That's true. So I think you obviously I mean hell I'm almost to the point where you can. You can drop eight and make make Lovis beat you. I mean, I don't know if he can do that. He's he's got he's got so much talent, arm talent wise, but he just he's like just said, he's I like I don't he's, think he's gonna win a game for you. He's legit He'll lose like, a game for you. But. That's what I'm saying. He's legit like Josh Allen, who threw for like 52 percent in college. He's a great NFL quarterback, but he's not gonna go out and, and win you a football game in college, which is. Weird to say, but you know, it's just a development thing in the NFL. But I don't know. I don't know. That's Chris what I was saying I Chris like, Rodriguez like being back is... is an X factor. I thought he looked okay against Ole Miss. Again, I think I I can look it up, but I think he ran for like three point nine per carry, which is not great. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, again, I think we would have to play. Our A, we would have to have our A game to beat this team. And I don't know if we have an A game on the road. Because we just, just don't. hope Spencer Rattler has his fastball. Because if you can hit a few deep shots, keep yourself in drives, stay in the game. Because I just I, – That I, also I, comes I down to play way calling. I feel like they're going to need some explosive plays. Like, I don't think – obviously, y'all's defense has got holes. There's a lot of guys that are – you know, that are in the graveyard right now. But, I mean, it we is should, what it we is. Should I, be getting, we should be getting most of our – except for the guys that tore their ACL, obviously. We should be getting most of our guys back. Right. But, I don't know. I feel, I, obviously, I feel like 10 points from the spread. Like, I get it. Vegas is really good at their job. I feel like, like you said, that's fair. I feel like that's also fair. But I'm kind of with you. I don't – I think Kentucky wins – frankly, but I don't think they win by that much. I agree. I agree. It's, it's a winnable game. That's why I was saying I feel like this is I, I think it, I think it's a game. winnable game, too. I think if you look good – and the offense has looked fine over the past couple games. I, I mean, again, lesser competition, but 
it looks like they're doing stuff that they're good at doing. Um, the defense is what really scares me. I think I think Will Levis could come out and him and Chris Rod and Chris Rodriguez could come out and look like Heisman candidates against our defense right now. Unfortunately, because watching just that'd be that, a tough scene. That'd be a real tough scene. Just watching that the watching some of the guys take the angles in the South Carolina State game. It's like. I don't even know what you're where you're running, where what you're going for. And there are a couple guys on the defense that can definitely play play football, but there's I think there's more that can't. All right. I got I got two questions and then we'll move on. Yep. First one being when when are Zach Pickens and Jordan Birch gonna figure out how to be good at football? Zach Pickens had a hell of a game last week. He had a very good game. Uh Zach Pickens is just he's just an okay player. I don't think he's ever going to be what we thought he was going to be. I mean, he's the second highest rated recruit in South Carolina football history behind Jadavion Clowney, and I just don't think he's ever going to be able to live up to that, Um, which is okay. I mean, that's a tough thing to live up to, but he just – he has his moments and he he flashes at some points, but he has a lot of trouble setting the edge on, you know, on outside runs and, and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, Zach Pickens, I think is a, is a really solid player. I mean, he's not, I don't know if he's a five-star player, but I think he's a solid guy. Um, but at this point to answer your question, I don't think they can, I don't think they're getting any better than than what they are now. I don't think they're going to improve any more than, than the players they are right now. Fair enough. Last one over under. Ten tackles, Nick and Warren. Over. What a beast. And, and he hasn't even – he hadn't even done – like he hasn't even had to do that well in the past couple of games because we've been on on the teams at the line of scrimmage because they're just not good teams. But with this team we're playing, he's going to have to be active. And he's going to be active because that kid can play some football. Get active. But with that, let's move into the picks. All right, boys, we got a little Wednesday night football action here. Uh, SMU and Central Florida both have bye weeks, um, I think, this week. So it kind of worked out. They shifted their game because of the hurricane last week um, from Saturday all the way back to Wednesday. Pretty interesting. Uh, UCF is a three-point favorite at home. I'm taking SMU. We've talked about Tanner Mordecai. These boys spin it. Um, I think they're going to put up a lot of points. Obviously, we've seen UCF. They're okay, but not that great. So, I'm taking the ponies. So, I'm kind of torn here because somebody came out today and said that a bunch of SMU players are sitting out the rest of the season. They're preserving the red shirt so that they can transfer. Um, Wait, really? Yeah. Uh, I'm find the article for you, but it is a couple different. Um, was there was it starters or was it just like guys that were just riding the bench? There's some play some guys that are that are have actually been playing. So um, definitely should look more into that to get a for sure for sure prediction on this. But also I saw how really not good UCF is. So this is a tough one for me. I think I'm going to take uh, SMU, but something to watch if their players start. Um, yeah, out. I just I just looked it up. A development in the new era of college football. Multiple SMU players plan to sit out 
the rest of the season with intention to preserve their red shirt and enter the transfer portal. Multiple right. SMU staff members with knowledge of the situation said. I don't know who the players are, um, but I think I agree with with y'all, and I think I'm also going to take SMU here um, because, you know, they played my Horned Frogs pretty tight, and obviously South, South Carolina. Obviously, TCU is a pretty solid team. Um, and I, you know, I don't, I don't really know much about UCF. I think they have, they have to run the ball to win. So if you can stop that, then you win the game. Man, I was kind of torn. Um, so I really want to pick UCF right here. Do it. Yeah, do it. They're favored. They're fa- Vegas is good at their job. Um. I mean, UCF's defense is ain't bad. It's straight. Their offense ain't great. Like Sid said, I mean, they just run the ball. Um, Do it. Davini's got UCF. Yeah, I'll get UCF. I'll lose. I'll lose, I'll lose the points I gained last week. <laughs> Someone text Connor and tell him to put. Oh man. Time. Actually, now that you said that, let's go ahead and review last week. Um, Davini made a little bit of a comeback. Um, it was a rough one um, for me, Sid, and Connor. Um, not oh, exactly a, what you want to see. I had a see, nice week. But Jacob Jacob won the week. Um, Davini got some points back. We're currently sitting at Sid with 52. I'm in second with 49. Connor with 48. Jacob now with 47. Davini still lagging with 41. Um, but it's comeback season, as we've said. So, Davini's got UCF trying to make up a couple points here. Uh, next game we got on the list um, is Tennessee, a two-and-a-half-point favorite against LSU. Um, obviously, LSU is the home team. Um, they're just – they can't score. Uh, Tennessee doesn't have a great defense, uh, but Tennessee's thin a score. Um, I feel like Tennessee favored by two-and-a-half is a little bit – Crazy tight. I'd probably have Tennessee by more than that. But, um, yeah, I'm going with the balls. Yeah, I, I got Tennessee in a two-score game here. I, I agree. Um, I think they win by 14. I yeah. agree. I agree. Tennessee, Tennessee is a, a very good football team. I think defensively they're not great, but obviously offensively LSU is not that great. So, I, I'm going Tennessee all day today. <coughs> uh, I'm changing uh, – I'm picking SMU. By the way, not UCF. Um, this game is sneaky. I think Vegas is on to something here. Um, I don't because, know. like I said earlier, LSU's defense is underrated. And they beat – I don't know if you all remember, they beat Mississippi State 31-16 earlier in the year. And they have the, pretty much the same high-powered offense. And LSU put them to work. Um and Tennessee's defense, I mean, yeah, defense not being great. I think I'm going to take LSU with upset here. Okay. In Baton It's the home team. I mean, like you said, Vegas is good at their job. Tennessee's only favored by two and a half. But what a dumb pick. You know. Yeah. This guy's an idiot. <laughs> and while we're at it, uh, Connor also has SMU. Some sweep there for the, for the Pony Express. He's got Tennessee with us. So, Davini. Trying to make up some points, dude. Why don't you just take UCF? At this point, you're, I mean, you're way out of it. 
but no, I like the I like the LSU pick more. Fair enough. Uh, we got we got TCU in Kansas here. Um, Kansas is a seven point underdog at home to the Horny Frogs. I don't see how you can pick against TCU after what they did to Oklahoma last week. How TCU's, can you pick is, are they Kansas? Four and, are they four and, four and one. They're four and zero. Kansas is playing well, but. Come on, dude. Some guys got them boys scoring. See, Kansas is more intriguing to me at this point. Um, TCU seems like the better pick because uh, it's like kind of one of those deals where you're like, man, I really want to pick Kansas because are they legit? Um, but TCU, dude, Max Duggan, they just snap. I've been preaching Max, Max Duggan. I think he's a really good player. He has his he has his faults, but I've been preaching this for two years. He runs like he was pulling some luggage behind him, but um, catch he, him, he was they couldn't catch him. No, yeah, I agree. He I'm going like at a rolling suitcase behind him. I'm going TCU. Um, I think last week ride with your squad. Last week I didn't ride with the squad in favor of Oklahoma, and I was wrong for that. Um, it's tough. Kansas is playing some really good football right now, but. I like the Horny Frogs. Good in TCU as well. I also love Garrett Riley. I wanted him as as OC for South Carolina last year. Obviously, we didn't get him, but he's he's a play caller. Well, even if you got him, he'd like take all y'all's players and transfer somewhere out west. So, <laughs> Just moving on, building up his um, resume to go to USC. That's right. A uh, little Red River shootout action. Uh, Texas is a six-and-a-half-point favorite against Oklahoma. I'm taking Texas here. Um, I, I I still love Brent Venables, but I feel like lately Oklahoma's kind of gotten exposed. Um, they don't play well in space. Uh, they busted numerous coverages. Um, and if Quinn Ewers is back, boy, oh, boy, could get ugly. But yeah, I'm I'm taking taking the horns here. Yeah, I uh, I just thought about this. Like I completely forgot that Oklahoma doesn't have a quarterback right now. So um, yeah, Billy Gabriel got take, killed. As bad as I want, is he, take is he Oklahoma, for sure out? Dude, I mean, that's, he has they're, to be. they're talking about unless they're, they're going to a like treatment. A, yeah, they were talking about that's like a two week minimum if a guy gets knocked out on the field, like in college sports. Like that's, that's like a that's like a grade. Got, that's like a grade two, knockout cold. grade three. That's tough. Dude, I didn't he, know he was sleepy out there. He took was, he took a one two. I didn't even see. I didn't even get to the head. Took a shot to the head and then the head. So they've got the that whatever whatever his name is. What's what's their backup? Bevel. General Moody. Bevel. Well, the, no, yeah, Davis Bevel. Bevel Davis yeah. Bevel, and he was. He was Bad. no good. So if, if General Booty's not any uh not any, any better than that, then it's gonna be a tough day. Yep. Tough scene. And, and we're not even talking about the worst part of Oklahoma's team, their defense right now. Their defense was just leaving TCU receivers wide open. And I I like I said, I think Garrett Riley's a really good play caller, but no one should ever be that wide open. So I, I I'm sorry, Connor, but I gotta go Texas. Yeah. I don't think Carl wants to go to Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah he's he got a little frowny face. He put face a frowny face. <laughs> but he rides with the squad. He knows the rules. 
Davini, what you got? You going Texas? Love it. Next one up, Purdue and Maryland. Uh, Maryland is favored by three points at home here. Um, Purdue just hasn't haven't impressed me. I picked Purdue a couple times. They let me down. So I'm going. I'm going with Little Tua. Maryland's not playing that bad right now either. They're a pretty decent team. Yeah, Maryland's playing. I think the better football at the time, and Purdue just. Like, I keep thinking they're going to go out there and just light it up, you know, like throw downfield a lot, like you've seen them do before, but they uh, they haven't, so. That's fair, but not so fast. I'm going Purdue. The two games they've lost have been Syracuse, which we've already said is a really good team. They lost to them by three, and then Penn State, they lost to them by four. So, their two losses are combined seven points. Um and also just hate Maryland for some reason. So I'm going Purdue. You guys, I thought you were supposed to be like Under Armour Bros. No, ever, ever <laughs> since. Feel some type of way about it. Ever since. How do you that, just randomly have beef with Maryland? Ever since real, that. You got to explain this. Ever since that BS they pulled with that recruit two years ago. Isn't that kid? Yeah. It's done. They set, up, up one day. they set up a whole fake recruitment for Jason Barham and then – did a whole like hype video on Twitter about him decommitting from us and committing to them and talking shit about that. Ew, it's much better than going to the Cox or whatever. Fuck them. Their coach is trash. Their whole team is trash. Maryland is trash. <laughs> Little two is trash. Purdue all the way. Okay. So Jacob's got a lot of hatred down. If, if Purdue loses this game. You're going to have to answer for that one. I'm not. I mean, that's Move. like waking up one day and randomly being like, yeah, fuck Hawaii. Those bastards, I hate them. <laughs> Literally. I feel like I feel like Maryland's a team is so irrelevant, you can't beef them. That's like – like I mean, I get it with the recruit, but whatever. Connor also has Maryland for what it's worth. Vinny, what are you thinking here? I think I'm going to ride with Purdue as well. Let's go. Okay. okay. Two idiots. Let's go, baby. I don't think it's a bad pick. I really don't. I don't think it's a bad pick. Um, let's see what we got next. Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. Um, Oklahoma State obviously got a big win over Baylor last week. Uh, they're favored by nine and a half. Um, I'm, I'm, I want to pick Texas Tech. I want to, I want to pick them in the upset, but I'm not going to. I'm going OK State. Yeah, uh, give me OK State. Um, I think Texas Tech is really just not that good. So. Um, yeah, I mean, hey, Oklahoma State's a top 10 team right now. Are they really top 10? I don't know. I haven't watched them play one single time. Um, but Texas Tech is definitely not. They be scoring, long so, story short. They I'm be going, scoring. I'm going OK State. Oh. Yeah, clean sweep. Yep. As we know, when Connor picks Big 12 games, you listen. He's obviously got the Cowboys here as well. This is our game of the week. We got a ranked game. Utah favored by four and a half going to play UCLA in front of basically the UCLA fans' parents. <laughs> they can't have they can't get anybody to show up to those games. Start putting like strippers in the concourse or something. I mean, just get somebody. Sad, dude. Like no but, um, 
And you just don't love football as much out there, bro. All right, who goes to who? Who had more people in the stands, Pitt or UCLA? Pitt by mom, dude. By, I think they were. I think I by thirty thousand. Ninety-seven people. <laughs> well, that was probably like eighty-three more than UCLA had. I think UCLA literally sent some of their walk-ons into the stadium to just fill up seats. Um, what they need to do is just go down LA and find them homeless people and start putting them in the game. They don't want to watch that. <laughs> but with that being said, like I said, th- these are both ranked teams. UCLA beat Washington, who's just been going crazy throwing the ball. Um, I, I, I don't know what to think, so I'm going to go UCLA. It's not for home field advantage. That's for damn sure. Um, but DTRs and it's like 13th year of college football. So oh, no, I think. I'm I'm going to take the Bruins. I think they might, you know, with the win streak, they might be able to squeeze 1,500 people in there, say, this weekend and, uh, you know, really, really shake some things up. So, give me UCLA. I'm going Utah. Okay. I have no real reason for it, but I just have a feeling. They're favored. That's a good enough reason for me. I'm going Utah as well. I'm not buying this UCLA crap. I think Utah is still a good football team they just had. One bad game in the swamp, and I—I I mean, I'm—I'm I'm with you there. Um, Connor also has it, Utah, so me and Sitter, I guess we're—I guess we're pulling for the Bears, for the Bruins. Um, anyway, we got a couple ACC games to finish this off. We got UNC and Miami. They're playing in Miami, who also will have probably 97 fans. Um, Miami's favored by four. I picked UNC at home, and they lost to Notre Dame. That- Scares me. I uh, I guess it's my turn. I don't know if you were picking Sam. I don't know if you said anything. Sorry, but um, yeah, yeah give, I picked UNC. I'm gonna put it on record. Give Give me UNC. Okay. Um. You know, I I think I'm going to go UNC as well. I'm not buying the Miami Kool-Aid. Uh, I think Drake May is a really good quarterback, and Miami doesn't have a home field advantage at all. So, it's pretty much a neutral site game. Uh, so, give me give me UNC. I have no idea who to pick. I haven't watched either team. I've only seen highlights of the UNC games where they score over 100 points. <laughs> Um, I don't know. But see, this is the well, Drake, Drake May has nineteen podcast. touchdowns. Yeah, this is definitely a poo poo bowl, though. This is the reason why people listen to this podcast for this this analysis here. For this I sort honestly of have no idea who to pick. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I well. agree with you. I just want you and see because I have no idea why. You got a fifty fifty shot. I'm just going Miami because they're favored. Whatever. There you go. Connor also has Miami here. Um. Finishing up, Florida State and NC State. NC State at home is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, you know, Clemson barely beat Wake, and Wake kind of took Florida State to the woodshed a little bit. I think they ended – what was the final in that game? 31-21. 31-21. Okay. It was, it was like 21-7 at halftime. Um, well, Wake pretty much controlled that game. Obviously, I still think NC State's pretty good. Um don't exactly know what to make of Florida State yet. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm taking NC State here. I feel like I need to. 
Um, so I'm going to. Said. Ah, that's my bad. I was thinking about this game. Yeah, I'm going to go NC State. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going NC State too. I watched obviously the whole Clemson game last week. Uh, Clemson versus NC State. I think NC State's a good ball team. I've also actually surprisingly watched a lot of Florida State football this year. They're um, good, and I think they're a fine team. But I think NC State bounced back. So I'm going NC yeah, State. Clean, clean sweep. Yeah. Yep. As Davini said, Connor also has NC State. So there you go. Um, there's a little bit of parody this week. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there always is. Davini's switching it up. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see again if you're if you're using us to bet. Don't. Don't. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> but hey, you know we're here for entertainment. For anyone that could be, oh, I definitely lost fantasy. For anyone that could be listening, um, we appreciate it. And check out our Twitter. We tweet horrible tweets, but, you know, whatever. Uh, But peace. It'll get better. Just rock with us. Yeah, just rock with us. Peace.